Life Audio. Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin. Boys, um, full disclosure, we had a little conversation off the air about what we were going to talk about today. And it just so happens uh, that there are two big uh, denominations, um, the SBC and the PCA, both having their big conventions at the same time, both in the Southeast Pipe. I know I know the Baptists are in New Orleans, which is, it kind of makes me chuckle, you know, the the, the thought of like how thousands many, of, yeah. Yeah, how many people can pretend not to recognize each other on Bourbon Street? Is the, uh, yeah, exactly, is, the name exactly. Um, yeah, sales, sales are not exactly going up on Bourbon Street this week, probably. But uh, but where where are the the PCA folks meeting? Oh, I'm looking. Let's see here. Um, dun, dun. Well, let's see. I can find their schedule. I don't know where the location is. Ah, there it is. It's in Memphis. It's right down the street from you. Are you serious? My yeah. goodness. Yeah, that's a stone's throw away from me. So. Both so, of those and, cities. And, and to be fair, with the PCA in town, uh, sales on Beale Street might be going way up. So <laughs> yeah, the, well, uh, yeah, they, with the PCA in town, my goodness, yeah, they'll they have will, to. They like, will drink that town dry. They'll have to open some more breweries and distilleries in uh, in Memphis just to keep pace. But uh, that that was going to be my question. Like, neither of those groups are are necessarily known for being fun or a good hang. Um, <laughs> so I, I wondered which like. Uh, which, which city would be more fun this week? But may, maybe the answer is neither. Well, uh, I, I think the answer would be New Orleans because, in all seriousness, the uh, there there are two there are two groups in the Southern Baptist Convention. When you go to these meetings, I went to several of yeah. them during my years at Lifeway. There are those who are like under fear of losing my job. I will not be seen in public consuming or sure. even adjacent to adult beverages. And then yeah. there are those who don't care at all. And like, they mm-hmm. are a good hang and they're the minority. Mm-hmm. So that means that bourbon street and the various other fun parts of New Orleans would be, um, at the, they would not be overly crowded. And if you go there, you're going to run into people you might actually want to hang out with. <laughs> the PCA yeah. is a little different because Presbyterians are very proud of their drinking habits. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of snobby about their bourbons and scotches and, and porters yeah. and stouts, which you're not yeah. gonna get a lot of good porters and stouts in Memphis anyway. But, uh, and so you go out there, you might run into a whole bunch of people who you're like, ah, I'm not sure I want to sit next to these guys and listen to them argue about, you know, motions and church polity and the session at the right. adjacent table, you know, <laughs> pretending, pretending they're, you know, the next GK Chesterton or whatever. Dude, it's so wild. I got a one day before, you know, my my academic career is all said and done. I got to I got to pull up to one of these conventions just to see what it's like. Um, I can't say that I would be in and of myself eager to do that. But I, I, I hear so much chatter about it. And boy, speaking of chatter, we got to hit pause on our own chatter to uh, to let our, our sponsors say something. So we're going to do that. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little denomination all after this break. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. 
I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, boys, we're back. Uh, we're going to talk some denominational stuff, which feels a little bit scary. We're going to talk about Ron's non-denomination denomination. Um, which where, where are you at these days, baby? Denominationally, tell tell us what you're working with. You're kind of like a a part of two of them, right? Well, no, I'm a part of the I'm part of the Evangelical Free Church. That's okay. my denom, and then um, yeah, then we're just part of Harvard Network. So. so, give me a couple sentences on the EV free vibe. Like, I I feel like we. We know a lot about the PCA, about about the SBC, about Anglicans. What's what's the EV free type vibe, and like what are what are those folks fighting about? So E free, man. If I could boil it down, it's it's basically it's basically like um, it, the SBC's kid brother, okay. and what what they do, you know, and because they're so much smaller. They haven't divided into all these like different factions. Mm-hmm. So all we really have is this, I would say, really good statement of faith that just literally mirrors the SBC statement of faith. Mm-hmm. But that is the only thing that's the only thing we have to sort of unite us and guide us. So mm-hmm. as long as you hold to these, you know, the, these essentials, these essential doctrines in our statement of faith, all the other stuff, um, all the other issues that that rise up in church denominations. They're all really considered like second tier issues in the free mm-hmm. church. So you, you have freedom, no pun, mm-hmm. to kind of go where you want and do what you want as long as you hold to the the essentials of our of our doctrinal statement. And that's kind of what it is. So we don't we don't really fight about anything. And I mean, we do. We ever you know, there's different that's no fun at all. It. It's not very fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I, all right. Um, I, I, yeah. So that's all it is. So. I want to I want to kind of rank these denominations in terms of a few things. So, like, where would the EV free be on like smugness, right? And and let me frame this in terms of certain denominations. Like, if you're a part of it, you're kind of smug about being a part of it, and you feel a little superior. You feel a little cooler. Now, as a ba- as a Baptist, I can't relate to that. Like, none of that applies to the SBC. We don't feel cooler than anybody, but. Um, you know, like like the Anglican Church down the road. You're you're going there kind of because you feel a little too cool for being a Baptist, and um, you're definitely too cool for the mega church. Um, PCA, there was a good bit of smugness involved, uh, and I'm thinking back to my time in Michigan, where um, you know th- there was a little bit more of a PCA presence. Uh, where where would the EV free be on on smugness? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> so EV free. Uh, They'd be like the anti-smugness denom, right? How so? They're, well, I, you know, we don't um, we don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of rock star A list celebrities mm-hmm. in, in the denom, you know. So it's not it's not really propelled by yeah. that kind of a you know we got our big guys over here and we got our big guys. So there's nothing that we step back and go, hey, look what we got here. 
yeah. you know, that we can sort of look at, you know, I mean, we, you know, Don Carson is a member of a free church and mm. Trinity is our kind of de facto seminary, but like okay. even that, like it's, it's, it would be more of a thing like, but, but don't, but Hey, you don't have to go to Trinity. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know? So like the, 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 the free church vibe is like, Hey man, we don't want to step on anybody's feet. We all just want to go along to get along. Okay. But, you know, make sure we're orthodox, right? Everything needs, needs to remain orthodox. Ted, to, to put it in, in broader context from my observation, um, the, so PCA feels like, uh, like antebellum mansion, um, you know, sort of like Jackson, Mississippi upper crust in terms of yeah. their smugness. Yeah. Anglican feels particularly British in terms of their smugness, you know, sort of uh -huh. anti all things American, even oh, yeah. though it, they are American now, D despite um, being in America. Yeah. yeah despite right. being from Jackson, Tennessee, <laughs> right. you, you folks or, or whatever, yeah. uh, the SBC feels sort of like, um, it's like small town Southern, you know, where uh -huh. you can be there for 30 years and you're still the newcomer. Yep. And the E free just feels like the Midwest. Okay. Where, Let it, me, yeah. you know what I mean? Like Midwestern sort of stolid, like there's not a lot of smugness. There's just sort of like, we are yeah. who we are. That's my observation from the outside. Ronnie will probably have, have some, some nuance and correction for that because no, I'm that's not part good. of it. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. I think that's good. It's, it's like being in it as long as I have it. I, I almost feel like I ha it's harder for me to describe the longer I'm in it. Mm. You know, I would say I would say all those examples you gave. Uh, e free is like Airbnb, right? Mm. You, you just, hey, look, I think I'm going to go stay over there. Let me click yeah. and find the place I want. As long as it has hot and cold running water and it's clean right. and the service fees aren't exuberant, I uh -huh. think I'll stay there. It's good. Hmm. You know? Yeah, you're getting the same IKEA stick furniture, the same coffee maker, the same like stylized picture of Marilyn Monroe. Like they're all it's kind of the same. Yeah, it's very ser serviceable. Yeah, serviceable. You're like, this isn't the greatest place I've ever been, but it's definitely not the worst. You know? Yeah, and uh, that has and that has like there's tons of issues with that because sure because because you don't sort of have to be anything and you can be whatever you want. It's incredibly hard to like unite people yes. under sort of like something that says, hey, by the way. For us to be a denom, we kind of all need to do that. And mm. everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're like, you're taking the free out of our name now. You know, so that, <laughs> yeah. that's like one of, so if there's anything that anybody ever gets sticky about is when like the, the national office or the president is trying to say, yeah, but here's the thing. Yeah. For this to keep working, we all need to kind of do this. Yeah. And then you get the old school guys that are like, whoa, 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 kind of a thing. So what so. will, what will the national office do that about? So like, what, what is the, what is the E Free Church like drawing lines about? Um, well, so like, yeah, so one of the big crazy things is like it's not mandatory that you're ordained with the Free Church to be the pastor of a Free Church. Okay, and, which is absolutely ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. It drives it drives a lot of people super bonkers. But the sure. problem is that given just like the the polity of the Free Church in general, yeah. it's like the national office they can't. In, they can't mandate that given just all these other things that are in place there because you can't mandate anything other than the statement of faith. Yeah. And the statement of faith doesn't say, you know, article nine, you got to be ordained by the free church, but it doesn't make any sense to be part of a free church and not be ordained by the free church. Right. Yeah. Like that's just, that's like, that's like kindergarten logic. Right. But a lot of people are like, yeah, whatever. I just don't care. I'm not, I'm not motivated. It doesn't matter. No. And nobody's making me do it because yeah. it's a process and it's really a rigorous 
process uh-huh. to get ordained with the free church. So that, you know, so that would be one of those things where it's like, Hey, y'all should get ordained with the free church, but we're not going to make you do it. It's like, mm-hmm. Well, there's the rub, right? Interesting. Here. Interesting. It, that reminds uh, me, that reminds me of the scene from, uh, it, it sounds like, um, from office space, you know, the, uh, how many pieces of flair do you have on type of thing? Where it's like, you're supposed <laughs> yeah. to have 37 pieces of flair. And she's like, I have 37 pieces of flair. And he's like, yeah, like that's the, that's the suggested number, but uh, it's better to have more. And yeah. so it, it, the, the, uh, the, the, whatever they're called, the, the grand poobahs, the, the lead council of the, the E free church sounds a lot like the manager at whatever that restaurant was being like, you know, more is better. It's yeah. That's the suggested number, but it, it would be better if you had more. <laughs> it's kind of what it is. Yeah. It's kind of, that restaurant was called flingers. And <laughs> the, right. the guy in that. I love how you remember that. T. Only you, I knew somebody on this that. show. would. That's a, that's a really meaningful movie for me that it came out. Like we were, we were in our very early twenties. We were both working in offices and uh, that, that movie spoke to us. And the, the guy in that scene is Mike judge, the guy, the guy who wrote and directed the movie. So that's his little cameo uh, with Jennifer Aniston, but, uh, but great scene. Um, I want to talk about Baptist stuff and I want to talk about it in the context of like, I can hear your palms sweating by the way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm going to do this very carefully, but I moved here eight and a half years ago to take a job at a, at a Baptist university, uh, which I love and which job I love. And, um, which I hope to be at for the rest of my career, you know, barring anything crazy, but, um, it did, it didn't take too long being down here to realize that like um going to an SBC church was kind of the least cool option you could pick and like that being said i love my little uncool SBC church you know and it's really faithful and admirable and i i really love the people there so much and yet, like seeing people move to Jackson because they're either studying at the university or teaching at it and like watching them sort of triage, you know, there's a there's 950 churches in a one mile radius. You know, it's it's like churches, banks and Mexican restaurants. We do a brisk business and all three of those things. But, um, you know, trying to see them decide if they're going to go to the sort of the 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 pottery barn mega church or if they're gonna go to you know like the super cool hipster anglican church or if they're gonna like go ahead and swallow hard and and go to the little uncool sbc church it's it's a really fascinating thing to see people kind of grapple with on a persona level you know what i mean and and um i don't even know where i'm going with that but pipe do you do you relate to that kind of being in nashville and seeing the same things I kind of, I, I think you're in a, so what you're describing actually sounds more like Wheaton to me mm-hmm. because of the, it's a, it has a small town feel. There are, there yeah. are churches on every corner of all different stripes. Like Nashville's different because everything is persona all the time. And so actually, yeah. so for example, what, one of the things that wins people, like wins people's hearts at Emmanuel is that like we, we're fairly non-persona at, to the best of our ability. We work yeah. hard not to be. 
Um, and, and so people come in and they're like, finally, a place where I don't have to have the perfect clothes and the perfect fedora and whatever yeah. else there can sort of the, so we have kind of the anti thing. Whereas when I, when I lived in Wheaton, which has been 10 years, but you know, it's 10 years behind the times all the time anyway. So it's, it's probably yeah. still about the same. Um, it, it had that feel because there's a college town. So you have kind of elitist academics, mm-hmm. uh, which is a thing you couldn't call your coworkers, but I can call your coworkers. Um, and <laughs> oh, uh, I, I could call them that. For okay. Sure. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, you got elitist academics and then you've got college students who most of whom are coming from kind of upper crust environments. And then you've got mixed into that, just sort of, a, you know, a bunch of kids who were just like, they came from Ohio or Minnesota and they were sure. part of an e-free church that was just sort of like brandless, you know, it just kind yeah. of was what it was. It was the Airbnb. How dare you? I know. Sorry. Sorry to insult you by saying nice things about you. Um, and, uh, and so then, then the church persona work starts to happen amongst the students and they're like, well, this professor goes there and he's. I don't really like his class, so I'm not going to go there. And this is the yeah. more formal church, and this is the big mega church, and and then a bunch of kids go to the Anglican church, and they're the ones who I struggled to get along with in college because they were there was just a a certain smugness. Granted, I was a I was a total jackass at the time, so I don't know that I could totally sure. throw stones. So it makes sense to me in that context where where, where churches is like a, it, it's a buffet. You know, you're kind mm-hmm. of picking what you want to put on your plate. As opposed to kind of like I'm desperately searching for a place to to find community or um, yeah. you know deep preaching of the word or whatever those things are you value most in a church. Yeah. No, that's interesting, and yeah, I, I think it would be almost impossible to separate one's persona work from a person's choice of a church, especially in college. You know, where persona work is so much a part of everything you do and you only have four years, you know, and and in our case, you only have two years, you know, because half of our kids were homeschooled and they knocked out two thirds of their credits in high school, you know, so like college is, is really more this flyby thing than, than anything else now. But, uh, yeah, it, it strikes me that like our context is probably a lot like Wheaton, you know, similar, but different, uh, but, but a lot of similarities, Baby, how how does this like beige, vanilla, EV free context that you're in kind of like how do they look at you? You know, because you're a you're you're a a louder guy in terms of just you you don't walk into a room and blend in. Um, how how what's their like posture on on the Ronnie Martin experience? I mean, that, that's such a great question because I was. You know, I did so, I did a bunch of national kind of work with them for I you know I pulled out of that last year, but I was mm-hmm. I was doing that with them for some years, and um, so when I would go to these like State of the Union things, mm-hmm. you know, in Minnesota once a year, twice a year, and we do the where you know you have all the leaders of the of the EFCA there, it was it was a really it was an interesting experience, right? Because it's like any church thing, right? You got you got all the buttoned up dudes mm-hmm. who are taking it all very seriously you know, um, who've been around a long time, they're all way overdressed. Mm-hmm. And then you've got sort of the next tier down, which is like, Hey, I'm not that old, but you know, I got my khakis and I got my golf shirt tucked in and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little more affable and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I like being a part of this. I, I take things seriously, but I'm also trying to kind of step back and, you know, look at the culture and my context <laughs> and, 
you know, I kind of want to be the big welcoming and inviting, you know, like, you know, 56 year old guy with the, yeah. you know, the, the, the fairly large church, you get a lot yeah. of that. And then you got this, then you got like sort of this sub category, subcategory of all like some of the, the younger, you know, by younger, I mean, you know, in their forties and fifties, you know, dudes <laughs> yeah. like, com- like kind of coming up Yeah, and and what, regardless of what they looked like, because they could be all over the map, there there is definitely like this sense of like, you know, it was like a generational thing where it's like, hey, are those are those old dudes going to let us in? Like, yeah. are they like because you feel like they're side eyeing you the whole time, like with right. distrust. Yeah. And it doesn't again, it doesn't matter how you look. It, it has nothing to do with that. I don't think it's just that you're younger and it's like, oh, no, are they going <laughs> to be the ones that remove the free from the free church? Yeah. You know, because they because they believe in they actually are the weird ones, the non hippie ones, yeah. even though they don't look like it, that believe there should be more rules. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so there would be it was just it's actually really fun in those circles. I love being in those circles. Cause you just, you see all of, if you're, I'm kind of observational. So if you step back, I can be loud and boisterous, all that stuff. But if you mm-hmm. step back and, and, and you let, allow yourself to be observational, you really see this stuff play out yeah. in a really funny and fun way, you know, but that's, but that's kind of how it is. But then at the same time, it's kind of like what you said, I think pipe sort of a Midwesty value where it's like, everybody's thinking something and they're doing everything they can to oh. say it in the nice possible, the nicest possible way, or they're not you know? saying it at all, but they're just they're not they're, saying it at all. Yeah. They're kind of saying it to their to their people after hours or whatever. Yeah, um, and and that's that's a part of the southern approach too. Like I'm never saying anything to your face, but I'm I'm like murdering you in my living room. Right, after mur- right, and yeah. then there would be and then there would be a little sense of like every once in a while, like one of the older guys, you'd get the sense. Pull out, pull you off to the side, kind of like a hey kid, you know. Yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> dude, I you love know, that like, you're the like the 52 year old kid. <laughs> that, well, I mean, dude, so I'm in my, you know, me. when I, yeah, I was in my mid 40s, early 40s, you know, I yeah. started getting into all that. So I was obviously a little bit younger than right, that, right. It was, but it was, but yeah, but dude, I was, yeah, I was one of those super young guys. I'm not kidding. Yeah, because just because one of those whippersnappers, you know, total total whippersnapper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like pipes age. I was a whippersnapper, you know. Yeah, totally. And um, but it was really funny because you'd get that sort of that. Hey, come here, kid. Let me let me talk to you about what's really going on. Here. I know where all the bodies you know, are buried in this denomination. Right. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I, you know, I I know you kids are the future, but I just want you to remember something. You know, kind yeah. Of so yeah, no. I don't know. If you didn't take it too seriously, it could actually be super fun and fun. Sure, you know? sure. Boys, we need to take a break and uh, and pay some bills. When we get back, I've got a couple other questions. All right, boys, we're back. Pipe, you said something to me off the air, which absolutely blew my mind, and I'd never thought about it. You indicated that um, that Ray Ortland and Sam Alberry are both technically like Anglican, and it occurred to me like these two people have to be the two least insufferable Anglicans like walking the earth right now, and I thought about how interesting it would be to like have them give a like a seminar on it. And it kind of led to this discussion of like uh, denominational personas, et cetera. Um, so your church is non-denom, but those guys are Anglican. Like, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we we're a, we're a, a kind of a, an interesting mix as a church because it's it's sort of <clears throat> there's an Eric Carl book for kids about a chameleon who tries to change into all these other animals and ends up kind of looking like this weird mix of like a polar bear and a 
you know, parrot and whatever. I kind of feel like that's us as a church mm-hmm. where, you know, we're, we're Baptistic and Presbyterian and Anglican and non-denominational all at once. And we're part of Acts 29, uh, which means I also resonate a little bit with that, that sort of Southern Baptist, like I'm going to, I'm going to quietly whisper what network we're part of because some yeah. people still have strong negative feelings about that. Um, yeah. So here's the thing. I think American Anglicans in the, you know, in college towns are unique amongst Anglicans. Okay. In, yeah. Talk in about that, that, like Anglicans are definitively not cool, which mm. is part of the reason why Ray and Sam are so not insufferable because they're yeah. just like they, they have found a thing that that structurally that 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 church wise works for them that they believe in that actually has sort of a a very simple clear sort of foundation in the gospel and there's not a lot beyond that and then you get in college towns and college kids discover this thing where they're like oh my gosh they do liturgy this is so cool and you're like this is not yeah. cool this is literally yeah. from the middle ages <laughs> yeah. it's been around for <laughs> 1500 years and yeah. uh and so it's it it it's you know in the same way that like dressing like you're from the 80s is cool the anglican church is cool <laughs> you're like no it's just you think it's trendy and it yeah it's just been around for a long time and yeah. so it, john stott was an anglican and he was sure. utterly unpretentious he's you know one of the guys who i i've has become sort of a a hero of mine in in recent years for mm-hmm. his teaching and solidity and kind of non um non-persona he mm-hmm. just didn't he, he constantly set other people up for success and all that so but it is fascinating to have the uh so so ray came out of the pca like that was his church background for decades and then um and then just in the last year has gone through the process of being ordained anglican not because he's leaving Emmanuel, but because he believes in the network denomination wants to invest in mm-hmm. it i think he really at this post senior pastor season of ministry really wants to be able to have sort of a, a defined like pool of people he is serving. I'm part of this. I'm working out of this. There's, there's, there's uh, accountability there. There's whatever. Uh, And then Sam is English. Like he's, he's the most legitimate Anglican I know in that. Like he, he grew up in it. So yeah. Yeah. but it, it is funny when you talk about the pretensions of the Anglican church, and I think about the Anglicans I know and the Anglican churches I'm aware of in sort of non-evangelical yeah. college towns, I'm like, yeah. these are not the same worlds. Yeah. Well, and you live in, you live in like the cradle of pretentiousness in Nashville. You know, it's a, it's like a full-time job there. So like even sort of college town Anglican pretentiousness would probably scan as like, light and casual compared to what you deal with on yeah, a daily I mean, basis in that market. It would be know? akin to the guy who like is crushing it at the coffee shop in Tulsa and, <laughs> uh, and then moves to Nashville to, you know, to, like, crushing it as a musician in the open mics yeah. and then moves to Nashville and is like, Oh, I'm just going to actually work at a coffee shop here because yeah. you know, the level of the level of talent here is so high. So the level of pretense here is akin to the level of musical talent. Yeah. So yeah, like, your your college pretense is super cute. Let, let me yeah. show you how it's done, and I can point let, to six churches that do it. Yeah, let me tell you how we really do insufferability here. Yeah, no, no. I mean, moving to Nashville is kind of like it's kind of like playing college football. You know, like everybody there was the best player on their high school team, and all of a sudden, it's um, yeah, everything gets ratcheted up accordingly. The the um, best thing about pretense is that unlike football or music, which take actual work and talent, pretense doesn't. You that can be true. bad at everything and be pretentious. 
Yes. So like Nashville has a is a booming economy in this because like talentless hacks who have TikTok accounts or Instagram accounts can be pretentious here. And it's uh, or yeah. like who can just grow a mustache or ride a fixed gear bicycle <laughs> or whatever. Like you you can be pretentious without doing anything well. And All uh, right, I, it's great. I want to I want to lean into that for a second. So we've we've sort of sketched out different kinds of pretentious this morning. Like there's academic pretentious, there's like TikTok influencer pretentious, there's like guy playing an acoustic on a rug in Tulsa or Nashville pretentious. Like if you had to spend an evening with any of those people groups, like which which one would you pick and why? Like what kind of pretentious is sort of the least <clears throat> The most palatable to you guys. Yeah, the most palatable. <laughs> uh, and then oh, throw into goodness. that mix like denominational pretentiousness of, of all or or yeah. evangelical author pretentiousness, which is a whole different deal, dude, but but very yeah. similar. Oh, we've man. all seen it. This is tough because because I've been in all these worlds and yeah. uh and which means I've I have drunk my full of all of these things and it has like that, you know, I got hung over drinking that thing back in college and I'll, I never want to taste it again vibe. Yeah, That's how yeah, I feel yeah. about all of these pretensions. Yeah. Um, they're like the, the gold slogger of pretension. Um, let's <laughs> the see. The Jägermeister of pretension. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I can taste them right now. I, I think, I think uh, evangelical college town sort of church choice pretension. So like, like that uh -huh. Anglican pretension would be the one I could spend an evening with. Yeah. Simply because I enjoy college students and uh -huh. and their pretense does not have deep roots. Right. So you you can still kind of get through that and 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 uh find some authenticity in there. It's not so much based out of like, deep insecurity as more like I don't really know yeah. who I am yet. Yes. Whereas yeah. the the other ones are this well-formed identity work kind of stuff and you're like that's disgusting, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh and it's really hard to get through that. So I, I think I would say I want to spend an evening with like I want to spend an evening with um, with union students who go to the Anglican church like that. That crowd yeah. that would that would work best for me. Well, I can tell you from experience that that is a fun crowd, like because everything you said was true, like they're kicking the tires on everything. You know what I mean? And, no and nothing's really socked in. And I'll tell you, the funnest college student is the one who realizes he's doing persona work. You know, the one who realizes like, hey, I'm, I'm trying this thing out for like a semester, you know, um, and it, it, if they're aware of that, then that can open up all kinds of fun possibilities. Well, some um, of them just lean into like being a caricature, which if, you know, if they're doing it with a wink can be amusing. They can. Yeah. Yeah. And not, honestly, not, not like, a lot of Southern Baptists and Presbyterians doing that. I'm going to go out there and on a limb and say, well, I was just going to say, like uh, adults doing it with a wink can be winsome because i i don't know like if you're pretentious acoustic guitar guy or if you're pretentious like hey i'm an evangelical author everybody look at me guy like you kind of have to do it with a wink or else you're an idiot you know what i mean you're you're like really kind of a joke unless you do it with a wink um i don't know like our relationship with doing things with a wink is is really interesting to me like the more the more I think about this, baby, what what sort of uh, pretension would you most want to spend an evening with? 
I'd rather just stay home and have ice cream. Um, I think, um, I, you know, I, I'll tell you what I get a kick out of Big T. Yeah, go. Um, for some reason, um, <laughs> when I'm in a room full of like seminary kind of profs or seminary or like aspiring seminary profs. Yeah. Um, I always have a great time because I feel like I can be just absolutely myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like no reason to try to like sort of like I don't know what it is, but when I'm when I'm in a room like that, I I feel um, I feel most like myself, not because I'm like them, sure, but because I'm able to be so observational and just go, well, this is kind of interesting, and this yeah. is really fun, and this is really funny, yeah. And if you if you if you get in there with those guys and you break down the persona that they're all trying to put out there. Yeah, most of those guys, it's almost like you like released a, like a you you like opened a release valve in their life. <laughs> yeah, and and they're actually a lot of them. You set them free. Funny. Yeah, you set them free. I mean, and honestly, I've had the funniest in in like some of the funnest like conversations in moments like that because it's like these guys are looking around going, "Wait a minute, you're here. I don't even know why you're here, Ronnie, but like you're here, and yeah. like, you're saying it's okay to like." be a little, you know, irreverent about that and to laugh about that. And I don't have to like, I can take off my, my, my Navy sport coat. I'm like, yeah, dude, just do that. Like, yes. let's just have fun. Let's talk. Like we can talk about serious stuff too, but like, let's kind of have fun. None of it matters that much. And when yeah. you give them permission to do that, some of these are, some of these dudes are the most interesting dudes I've ever met, but they are so buttoned up, man. I mean, you talk about persona building. I well, mean, it's all right there. The magical yeah. thing about what you just said, and I've had this the same experience. Those guys can be awesome. Those guys can be really great, really fun. I think the thing that works for us is that they're like, they're completely not threatened by us. You know what I mean? Like you walk into that room and like you're a clown to them, you know? Yeah. And, and they're, they're not threatened by you. You're not trying to threaten them. You're not trying to like, they're kind of happy you're there. Too, They're kind of happy they... you're there. You're just like, <laughs> you, you exist somewhere on the spectrum between, I don't know, like a caterer and like a clown who's there to like make balloon animals for them you're, or yeah, whatever. You are, you're a little bit of a core jester, but like you're yeah. also, they also don't think in their lives they would ever normally get to hang with you. Yes. So when you're there yes. saying, no, dude, I think you're cool. It's cool. Yes. Like, I think it's cool what you do. Yes. It's, it's the, cool that you're like a, a seminary prof. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. the academic version of slumming to have guys like us around. <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah. And and yet they really enjoy it. And I think they enjoy it because nothing that we're doing is threatening anything that they're doing in terms yeah, of like so. stature or position at the university or in the denom or whatever. And those those often end up being the best relationships, you know. They're where, fun. They're super yeah. fun. Yeah. Do you think they go home from conversations with guys like you and uh and and like they they go back to their they go back to their room and they just like flop down on their bed with their arms out wide and they're like oh that was just that was so real and so genuine I feel like it was really just salt of the earth like I was finally in touch with my humanity I think so I I I think Jared goes back to that little hotel room he flops down on his stomach he like kicks his 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 lower legs up and like grabs the phone and like twirls the 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 cord around in his finger while he's calling his wife and he's like. You, you'll never, honey, you'll never believe what Ronnie said. You know, this guy, this freaking guy, you know, this guy, this guy. No, I, I think, I think you're right, Pipe. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, 
And, and this is really kind of magical, right? And this is a part of maturity, I think, that's fun to realize this. Like, I don't know. They go back to their room, they flop down on the bed, and they realize, and, and we realize, I can't do what they do, right? Like, I'm never going to write a Romans commentary. Um, and I think, it, I think it's really impressive that, like, guys that I work with are in the ESV study Bible. You know what I mean? Like, and, and they've, they've written these commentaries and things. But at the end of the day, they're never going to do what I do. You know, because they're they're too boring. You know, they're never going to write like a fun book that people want to read. You know, so and I think there's kind of this unspoken contract where we both kind of understand that about each other, and 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 as long as like we we mutually appreciate that about each other, it can it can kind of be a magical thing. You know, or they're never going to write a fun book that nobody's going to want to read. Which we well, that's all, right. That that that's been our experience. You know, and and. I mean, we have writing any- fun books that nobody wants to read. Right. <laughs> having, I will say, having having worked in academic publishing, um, we're still doing better. Let's we can yeah. feel good about that. Like we're we're still yeah. we're still doing better than a lot of those books on, you know, hermeneutics and you know the, the oh, use boy. of some Hebrew oh, word or whatever. Like we're we're we've got a leg up on sales, guys. Well, and the thing about academic publishing that's so funny, we're we're getting way like inside baseball and publishing in ways that are boring for people. But it, correct me if I'm wrong, Pipe, but the way that they make money in that realm, and the authors don't make money, but the way that the publishers make money is like, you know, you, you can have you can buy this book on like this one word of Hebrew, but it costs $194, right? Like the 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 markup oh, on these things yeah the so the, the there, there there are two two main money making models in academic publishing one is what you just said you know there's the markup which also mm-hmm. depends on the second part of that uh that piece which is uh releasing a new edition about every two years which basically means nothing changes but you rearrange chapters um yeah, totally. maybe there's some updates but mostly it's just rearranging stuff so yeah. that so that when because the second piece of the model is getting this uh assigned as a core text in classes yeah. so that every semester this class is buying 20 that class is buying 100 whatever and so it's just yeah. a churn and then you do a new edition and the professor assigns the new edition and so there's kind of constant new sales the margins are high but the sales are still like the sales are still low unless you are, you know, like some of those commentary series that are like the key ones sell really well. You know, they're the ones that, yeah. that are in every pastor's Zoom background. You yeah. know, th- those ones, those ones sell well. But yeah, it's uh, it is a it's a hustle and it's a racket. And, uh, you know, and the professors, I don't think, make any money off of it. All right, Pipe, you said something really intriguing. I want to take a quick break. This is the third ad break. I'm doing it with a good attitude, right? So let's just get that out there. So we're <laughs> we're going to take this break, and we're going to come back with a quick segment on Zoom backgrounds by denomination. We'll be right back. All right, boys, we've already done 37 minutes of radio, which is way too much. Let's uh, Let's end with one more quick segment on Zoom backgrounds by denomination. So SBC, PCA, E-Free, Anglican, what's your Zoom background by Denom? Pipe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you first because I feel like you know a lot of people in all those different realms. Man, I would actually break this down more by church size than denomination. <clears throat> okay. Because like a small E-Free church and a small SBC church – they look about the same, you know, there's the okay. same, yeah. there's the same carpet, there's the same smell, yep. there's the same yep. wood paneling. 
Yep. Um, and, and that just, that just looks like you're genuinely in a pastor's office, um, yeah. in, in those contexts oftentimes, uh, you know, so it's, it, it, there's going to be some bookshelves. There might be, you know, there might be an artificial plant in the corner and it's going to be kind of a mix of books. There'll be some commentaries, but like he actually uses these books. And so, you know, yeah. there's going to be some, maybe some Dallas Willard or J.I. Packer or, you mm-hmm. know, some a little, you know, Puritan paperbacks or whatever. Yeah. When you get into like the, the mid-sized churches, especially like the, the kind of, they're they're the they're the crisp, clean, forward thinking, missional, mm-hmm. whatever churches. That's mm-hmm. gonna have a lot more of like uh like like a whiteboardy, but it's like the clear glass whiteboard kind of thing. So oh, yeah. you, you feel like you're in their Man. um yeah. their laboratory, their idea yes. laboratory. Oh so much and energy. Then, and then and then but then you have like the at same same size of churches, but uh, but kind of leaning more theological. That's where it's going to feel a little bit like you're in the um, like you're in a library, you know. Yeah. So it's like walls of books, yeah. And you're like, I don't even know if they use all those because that's a complete set of John Calvin's commentaries. That's uh, that's, yeah. that's all of Spurgeon's works. You know, they bought the Yale set of Jonathan Edwards, whatever. <laughs> right. And so it's it, it's a little bit more, um, yeah. You buy those to impress people. Maybe you yeah. crack them once a year. Yeah. When you get to like the mega, mega church size, it's actually a lot more comfortable. Like those guys might mm-hmm. look like they're just sitting in their living room. But the thing is yeah. their living room, like their office is their living room. Yeah. Like they've got couches. They've got like dirty cups sitting around. They've yeah. got they got room for 14 people in there. Um and so you're they, mixing they, some like pop biographies into the bookshelf. Oh, so, like, yeah. There's like, the, the Steve Jobs biography is up there for sure. Yeah. The fun ones have like the Keith Richards biography. Yeah. yeah uh, exactly. That kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's just they've uh, got their like they've they've got like a signed baseball on a shelf from when they were like they were definitely like small college baseball players, you know, like really yeah, ambitious they, great guys with great cheekbones, you know, square yeah, jaws. I, I always I always feel a little bit more at ease when I get on a Zoom call with somebody and I see some sort of sports memorabilia in the background. Totally. And, or like, yeah. you know, they, they've got, whether it's something signed or a photo or whatever it is, and I'm like, okay, I this this feels better to me than yeah. than just all of these books. And uh, yeah, and, and the thing is like, the, so the mega, mega church pastors are so at ease yeah, that like, they're the ones who you're like, I'm a hundred percent sure this dude's not even wearing pants. Like yeah. he, everything here is like, he is at home and he just threw on yeah. a, you know, he threw on a, a shirt that looks semi-reasonable. Dude, he's just fine. He's making respectful. He's making 250 K a year. He doesn't have a care in the world. He's, he's, he's doing just fine. Um, I, I have a question for you. That's, that's probably unanswerable. <laughs> Ronnie left. It's, it's eight thirty five. He's on sabbatical, which he's not shy about, right? So, like, every other post is like, hey, I'm on sabbatical this, sabbatical that. Where does he go? Like, like where does he have to be this morning? Um, and he's, he's, he's kind of even stopped offering excuses. You know, it's not like, oh, I got to run to this or I got to run to that. It's like we hit, like, the 35-minute mark on the program, and he's just... You know, what, you know what he's doing? He's doing the same thing that we do to get out of awkward social situations. You know, this is a thing we've talked uh-huh. about on the podcast and on the Patreon podcast where, you know, you, you sort of offer a... You don't offer an excuse. You just say, sorry, I've got to run kind of yes. thing. Yeah, That's yeah. him. He'll be like, I have a hard out at, at 830 for yeah. what he doesn't doesn't say like i 
I do that when I'm going into a meeting that I don't want to be in. I'll be like, all right, guys, I got, I have to be out of here at nine 30. Um, yeah. let's, let's make this quick kind of thing. And yeah. so I, it might just be sort of a, a protection of his time where he's just like, I'm on sabbatical. This is an intrusion, which I've got to go. I got to go take pictures of my scone, you know, like, to, to be fair, if I was on sabbatical or vacation, this would be an intrusion. So like, if I was going to do it, I'd be like, yeah, I'm definitely out in 40 minutes max. Like I've, <laughs> I'm only giving you this much of my time. Dude, when did the word hard out become like, it is kind of unassailable. You know, and, and it's ridiculous because it's only two words, right? Like, I've got, hey, guys, I got a hard out. You know, I've, I have a hard out a quarter till. Or I've got a, yeah, I got it, a hard out in 30 minutes. And like, it, there's something baked into it where like nobody's following up. Nobody's asking, oh, like, what's your hard out? You know, I, and I think it, I, it has to come from like the broadcast world, you know, where there's yeah. like, there's like a, a, a countdown close, a soft close. Like, I don't know all the terminology, but like hard out is like camera cuts. Yeah, or Camera something cuts, like that. We're going to commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's got to be from that, and then just got adopted into other things. But it is one of those like you get to say it, and nobody gets to ask a question. Um, I think it's I think it's brilliant. I think it's really great. I mean, you know? what, what other unassailable phrases are there? Like if if you say, I mean, personal reasons. Oh, is, is personal one of reasons is so good, dude. But I, I think with personal reasons. You you invite a lot of speculation that you yes. probably don't want to deal with because you say, "Hey guys, I can only do 17 minutes of our podcast for personal reasons," and then, and then like the other two hosts are like, "Oh my gosh, like what what's going on?" I know. Do you, you know? call a marriage counselor? Yeah, like yeah. what you know? It's are you are you going to lose your home? Like what, are you going in for surgery? You know? Yeah. yeah like. Personal reasons. It's uh, it, it invites a whole lot of speculation. But when yeah, hard out is just kind of perfect. which is probably not fair because personal reasons. Like it's a personal reason if I just don't want to. Yes. Yeah. Like my, it's that's personal <laughs> to me. I do not yeah, want to have right. this conversation. So for personal reasons, I'm departing. But oh, yeah, so but cool. that's never part of the speculation. The speculation is always like, what, what crisis does somebody like hard out yeah, yeah. is just. It's, hard out. It's, he he has he has something else on his agenda. There's a there's another yeah. thing lined up. Hard out is almost businessy. It's almost like, hey, I'm I'm really hustling here today. I'm going from thing to thing. You know, even if the next the next thing is like, I don't know. I'm going to stare contemplatively at whatever ocean I'm posted up next to or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to go go for a walk in these woods instead of those woods. Yeah, exactly. I've got a tea party. You know, um, yeah, hard out. I, I like it. I think it took it took us a while to get to like this being interesting today. But I think we, we, <laughs> well, we when you start with denominations, there. you're basically like, you know what I'm yeah. going to do? Podcast with one hand tied behind my back. That's one hundred percent. And it was and it was so like we were all so obviously trying not to you know get in trouble that it, it right. kind of don't sue me, don't accuse yeah, me of anything. It took a while, but uh, pipe. We've done what we always do on this program. In that we've started with Ronnie and finished without him. <laughs> and until next time. We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grotheis, host of Truth Tribe. 
where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.